The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. Pure Hoops podcast recording Thursday, February 18th. BJ is always headquarters in LA and Eric Newman staring at this never ending um, chapter of winter we're having here. And uh, I feel fortunate after watching what's going on uh, with the rest of the country. Um, But it does feel like Groundhog Day at this point. Um, Wednesday night. And I want to preface this by saying this is a, a bigger conversation, but both Dame Lillard and Steph Curry figured out how to put their teams just, (laughs) I mean, figured out how to get the win. Dame's stat line was incredible. Steph's wasn't, but when it's time to deliver in big moments, uh, they both figure out a way to get it done. And, and I want to, I want to talk about Portland in a moment, but what I've really enjoyed watching BJ is how infectious, Steph Curry's spirit and leadership is on the guys around him because let's be honest like this this warrior team has been a work in progress and Draymond didn't play last night uh Wiseman I believe is still out and and Johnny L check on a, a Wiseman update for us in terms of when they're saying he can come back but um how beautiful BJ is it watching Steph Curry and his joy and passion for the game now just it's it's like being transfused to his teammates and it's it's really cool to see well the one thing that i appreciate from steph curry this year is that he has adapted and he's realistic in the goals and expectations for this team and this group steph curry has over the last five or six years they have had a mindset of having a championship mentality where they were playing because they had a group that were, that was capable of competing for an NBA championship. Now with this group, he has adjusted his mindset. He's adjusted the goals and he's doing what every coach and every great player and every person who's had an opportunity to play on a team sport to say, we would like to win the championship as well, but we want to be the best version of ourselves. And that's what mm. I appreciate more than anything is that he is realistic in his goal setting with this group. And thus far, I think they have exceeded our expectations. I think they really have. I think they they started off a little shaky. They had every reason to say, maybe, you know, things aren't going to go well or, you know what, guys can start taking off or guys can start doing things like, you know, low management. You know, Steph Curry played over 40 minutes last night. That 
you know, that just shows his commitment to, you know what, I'm here, I'm in this moment, and I'm just trying to figure out and, and do the best job we can. So, you know, I, I give him credit because, you know, once you get a little taste of winning, you know, it's, it's, it's something you want to continue to do. But he is realistic. So this, this group right here has different goals. This group here has a different set of expectations. And I'm going to enjoy this moment in time. And uh, I respect it. I respect the fact that he comes out there and he plays, lays it out there on the line. For him to play 40 minutes in a game in February speaks about his character, his commitment to the game itself. So, uh, you know, my hat always has, you know, I've always saluted what he has done. But even more so this year, I, re I respect it because, you know, he's he's not – in his 20s and he's in his 30s 32 now yes early 32, 30s 33 he's you know and he's still finding a way to play with that joy that's necessary to come out there and compete and play at the highest level yeah i think we you know a i have to remind myself we're in 2021 and then b we have to remind ourselves like you know the 2009 draft is not as recent as it uh as it feels like when you say it and you know he also uh you know, wasn't a one and done guy. There's a lot of miles on those tires. And um, it's not, not only is it remarkable to see, but guys now like Andrew Wiggins is becoming a much better player and he's becoming a much more efficient player. And, uh, you know, Kelly Oubre after the rough start has really woken up too and had some, some strong games. So uh, I'm really looking forward to, um, when Wiseman and Draymond are back on the floor together uh, with how Oubre and Wiggins have both emerged, I, I think that's going to be um, telling for them and how high they can climb uh, in the middle of the jam-packed West. Um, Dame and Portland. I mean, the performance Wednesday night. <clears throat> I mean, Tuesday night, you know, he's clutched down the stretch in Oklahoma City. And then the, the, the Portland Trailblazers are landing at 5 o'clock in the afternoon in New Orleans for, I think it was an 8 or an 8.30 tip-off, whatever it was. And nothing faces this guy. Uh, 42 points, six, uh, sorry, 43 points, 16 assists. Um, not sure if you saw his game-winning play there, uh, his N1 down the stretch, where it was, you know, I, 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 I try to plant the right star wars and jedi lines with you because i know how particular you are but he looked at that pick and roll situation and literally baited the pelicans into exactly what he wanted to do did it got the contact finished um we can talk about his greatness all day what really has me excited about this team and we talked about it early in the season we talked about it in the bubble where i of course lost my mind and picked them to beat the lakers in the first round if you remember which was a lot of fun but cj mccollum is out yusuf nurkic is out and look at carmelo anthony gary trent jr and ennis Cantor and what they are doing and i not only want to talk about that briefly but Dame is an incredible talent. He's incredibly clutch. But BJ, before we talk about these other things, is is Dame somewhat overlooked just in that leadership category in the league, or do you think he's he's 
he's where he should be in that conversation because I think he's one of the most elite leaders we've seen in recent history uh, in the NBA. You know, you know, Eric, without sounding like the old guy on the on the porch here. <laughs> You're on the porch? Yeah, I'm the old guy, right? I are, just, you a, are you are you are you a back porch guy or a front porch guy? If you had your preference. I'm a front porch guy. There's more action on the front porch. You know, yeah. you, you see more things on the front porch. Yeah. You know, there's two things, Eric, that that I watch every single night. Their style, their substance. We talk about the NBA and the style. This guy has a step back. This guy has a fadeaway. This guy puts up these numbers. This guy needs help. This guy, you know, is a brand. All of these things, right? We talk about all of these things. And as I was listening and working in this profession over the years, I've learned that there's style and then there's substance. Okay. We don't really talk about the substance. We just talk mm. about everything else but that. The NBA now and the coverage of the NBA is basically we're talking about everything other than what's happening in the game. Damian Lillard plays and he has some substance to his game. In in all caps, in a large, bold font, substance. Now, that doesn't sit well with today's game because they want the style. We want the hot take. We want, oh my gosh, moment, or oh my God, moment. We want the crossover. We want the beef. We want all of the the talk. We want everything other than, here's a guy who comes out, plays, doesn't really talk a lot, doesn't really talk a lot of trash, and he's been consistent. I mean, he's been doing this year in and year out for what? Almost a decade now. I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've, lo- I've lost count. I've lost okay. count. Now, all of a sudden now, Damian Lillard is playing against a team that is – their record is what, 11 and 17 or something? They're not in the playoffs. Damian Lillard is an all star, by the way. <laughs> Damian Lillard is one of the top 10 you're, players you're, in this you're, league. You're talking about Miami as the opponent Wednesday night. I'm talking about Damian Lillard. They played the Oklahoma City Thunder last night. When he oh, had, I'm sorry. I got it confused yeah. with the Steph yes. conversation. No, they yes. played Oklahoma Tuesday. They played New okay. Orleans last night. My mistake. Yeah. Okay. This is what a star player should do. You should be able to win games like this. That's why you're a star. But now we've lost our way because we talk about everything else. Okay, if he if he does this against the Lakers, he's really got my attention. You do this versus, you know, the Utah Jazz right now, because they're one of the top teams. You got my attention. You do this versus the Philadelphia 76ers. 
But okay. now we've lost our way now. We've lost okay. our way. And so, so we're on the porch. Why, so we're on the yeah, porch and the you're, porch. and you're, and you're nodding because you already know this about Dame. You expect you it from Dame. Like, right. Dame has been clutch in the playoffs. Dame has been clutch oh, for sure. in the regular I just season. Wa- I, I just Dame wanted to celebrate the man for a few minutes. Shots, and all of a sudden, this guy continues to hit big shots. And we keep saying, well, like, like well, he didn't know he could do it. Like, this, this, guy's, a, this guy's a prime time performer. When the lights are bright, Damian Lillard walks from behind the curtain every single time and walks on stage every single time. He literally grabs the microphone and steps to the mic every single time without hesitation. So why are we surprised when he has done this over and over and over again? It's because of the following. Their style and then there's substance. This man, I would argue, probably has more winning shots than anyone in the NBA. Uh, he's 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 he's, he's got to be top up there or or top three. He's yeah. and he's done it time and time and time again. Now, at some point here, we have to start celebrating and make a choice. Are we going to talk about the style? Or are we going to talk about the substance? Because his numbers, you can put his numbers up against any guard in the NBA. You can put his numbers up in his since he's been in the league up against any guard in the NBA. So I have to question what are what exactly are we looking at? What are we looking at right now? Substance. Like I like like the players play. And every time I look at a player, I go. I, I, I'm doing like this. It's Dame time, and every time I look up, I, I I have no, I have nothing to say about him because when the if there was an open run, Damian Lillard is going to show up, people. Yep. If there's a now, <laughs> if there was yep. an open run, if they said, if they pass out a memo, there's an open run tomorrow night in Harlem. Dame's on the first plane in. Dame is going to show up at that run. Mm-hmm. Now, some people er- might not show up at that run. Early. He'll show up early. He's getting shots up before anybody else if, is there. If the, if the NBA passed out a memo, <laughs> said there's an open run <laughs> in Harlem. Let's take it to Harlem. Damian Lillard is at the run. Now, maybe... The people on the East Coast don't get a chance to see him because of his location in the great Northwest. This man has been doing this for a long, long time. I mean, the the, the first playoff game winner against Houston was way back in 2014, uh, which I believe was like his third or fourth year. And we've seen so many since then. You know, and I, I love the style substance uh, comparison and just back to my original point like this team has figured out a way to move forward without two of their key pieces and you know it starts with Dane but Carmelo has upped his game as has Cantor and Trent and Mello uh, this past week passes Oscar Robertson for 12th all-time in scoring and um, is now um, 
It was 225 points to start the week, so I got to double check how many he's got left to go. But he's in the 200 range behind Akeem Olajuwon for 11th all time, which is just truly astounding considering Melo lost two years essentially because of what happened in Houston, and then he didn't play all of last. You know, he played part of last year with Portland. So, um, and then obviously his role in Oklahoma. Uh, was not the same. So what Carmelo has been able to do and the way he he has uh, approached his role with Portland uh, to me has been super aggressive. And, you know, I was very uh, critical of him as, you know, he started to get up in age. And what do I know about the role he was asked to play in Oklahoma City and Houston? But obviously... Um, those fits weren't great, but it takes uh, both sides to make things work. But to see Melo playing like this is incredible. And um, Ennis Cantor is just a gem. Like, that guy just, he, he just comes to work. And he loves to battle, and he loves contact. And, yeah, he's got feet as slow as mine defensively. But, man, he can <laughs> he can compete. And, um, I mean, the guy's averaging, you know, about 13 rebounds a game since Nurkic went out. So, um, really good to see. So we've got a lot of things swirling here that, um, I know some of which are going to bother you because they take place outside the lines, but we've got to get to them. So let's start with Blake Griffin. Um, this guy has had a, um, a very unfortunate fall from grace. And even when he was traded to Detroit, went on the floor, um, he was putting up some good numbers and then injuries, um, have been cruel to him, and he doesn't have that athleticism. He doesn't have that explosion. He's making thirty-six plus million this year, thirty-nine next. Mm-hmm. And after extensive conversation with Blake's representatives, it's been determined that we will begin working to facilitate a resolution regarding his future with the team that maximizes the interests of both parties. That is from the Detroit Pistons, as they've mutually agreed he will sit until his future is decided. What do you first make of this situation? And then we can get to Blake specifically in terms of, you know, what he's got left on the floor. Well, I I take him at their word, you know. You know, I've been on all sides of this. I've I've been on the executive side and I've received the call from the agent. You know, I've I've, I've been a player, so I I understand that. I've been a a declining player when your skills and your you no longer have the physical capabilities that you once had. I've, I've seen that. And now I'm on the agent side where I've had to make that call on behalf of the player to try to find a, a way to create a win-win for the team and the player and everyone that needs to move forward. So I really don't have much thought about these situations anymore because it is what it is. And Every client that I work with, and, and, and I had a coach who told me this very early in my career, he, he always asked me, do I, do I have permission to tell you the truth? And I think that's important for young people to hear that. Hmm. It's a very empowering statement. You know, I had a coach ask me, do I have, do you give me permission to coach you? It's an empowering statement. You know, it's not like just do it because I'm the coach. Do I have permission? I'm asking your permission. I, I'm looking at Eric Newman right now and asking him for his permission to coach him because, you know, you know, just because I'm the coach doesn't mean 
that I can just speak to you any type of way or I can talk to you any type of way. Yep. And so I think it's important to have truth tellers in your life. And when I look at someone like Blake and people say, oh, he's failed from, oh, yeah, Father Time doesn't miss anyone. Father Time doesn't miss anyone, right? LeBron is making an argument <laughs> that it missed him. But yep. at some point, you know, train the train is going to stop. So you can, we can all talk about, you know, our decline. You know, you, you, you can look at Tom Brady and say he's not the athlete that he was, whatever, whatever, 15, however long he's been playing the quarterback position. LeBron James isn't the same physical player, but you have to continue to evolve. He is. You have to continue to evolve to change your game to wherever your physical, whatever you have going on. Okay. Yep. Now, I say this with Blake. I don't know his situation. I'm not pretending to know his situation. I've just read about it, heard about it like you guys. And okay, so... They're going to look for a way, but what are we expecting now? Like, what's the real, what is the realistic expectation? Because I got to tell you the truth as an agent. I know I got to tell you the truth where not where you were five years ago. You know, at one point I saw Blake, I was at that. I was in the building in Staples Center when I saw him jump over a car. Yeah, I've a long been way to, from that, man. Yep. I've been to perhaps 50 or more games at yeah. the height you, of his you, career you from had Lob that, City. You, you had that Lob City VIP pass, didn't you? Okay, I'm right there. I'm sitting yep. right there for front row. Now, I also am a fan of the NBA, and I watched Blake Griffin this year. He's a different player now. So my thing is, okay, if I am truthful to the game, okay, if I'm truthful to the game, and what's the game all about? We're about winning. Okay. What's your contribution to that right now? Where are you at? Not the player five years ago. Not the player I literally stood up and applauded and clapped when I saw a man jump over a car, catch an alley-oop out of the sunroof. <laughs> He's not that player. I've seen a man windmill and jump and jump over people, that man, sometimes he would jump off my television. I'd be watching the game, and he, he, they throw alley-oops, and they do all the things. Okay, he's not that player anymore. So that where are you, yeah. and, what, and, and what's your contribution to winning, and are you willing to accept that? You know, you mentioned Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo, the, the difference between Carmelo and, and, and Oklahoma, this is just my opinion, is Carmelo understands where he's at. Yeah. Like, Confidence and, he, and, and he's and he's put the work in to his credit. He's put the work in. Look, Melo, I've watched Melo since he was a high school kid. That young man has had an incredible amount of confidence from the moment I've seen, from the moment when I laid my eyes on him. Like Carmelo was Carmelo <laughs> in high school. Like mm -hmm. he always had this confidence, could score that basketball. However, however, at some point, you have to say, we're scoring the basketball because he 
Carmelo is going to be 50 years old and be able to get 20 points in the NBA game. That man, <laughs> that that's just his game. Yep. Melo can score. If I if I gave Carmelo right now enough touches, he can get 20, 25 right now. He can do that. Oh yeah. But but you got to say but can we win and do that? That's the key. Carmelo now I think understands there's nothing wrong with Carmelo. Carmelo can go out and get 25 right now. Carmelo can do that right now. Some people can just, he has a skill set. He can score. Well, how does he score? I don't know how he scores. He can just score. If I just get him touches, he will figure out how to score that basketball. Carmelo is going to be 50, 60, 70 years old. Carmelo, can, and he's going to be able to catch that ball on that box and go get a basket. <laughs> Trust me on that. Yes. Carmelo has, he, he that, that's who he is. That's who he is. But yeah, now, sure. Now, so what, what I love what, so, about Melo is what I love about Melo now is he picks and chooses his time to do it in a winning environment. That's what I love about him now. Mm-hmm. That's the only difference between what I saw in Oklahoma, what I saw in Houston, to what I see now. And maybe whatever happened, he he accepts that about himself now. He accepts that about himself. Yep. And, and I'm okay with that. Yep. So it will be interesting to see who Blake Griffin is on the floor as we move forward. Because, you know, he's uh, – for a, a, a front court guy with all that explosion, I think he's a very good passer for his position. I think his three-point shot had improved. I think well, he has the say, ability well, to post okay. up. But now what is he, what, what okay. he going to so, be without okay. so that let, explosion? Let, Okay, let, 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 okay. He's a good passer. What does that mean? Who's playing through their bigs now? With the exception of Jokic. With the ex- exception of Jokic and LeBron. Okay, Joel and, 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 and Bede and LeBron AD. That's a great point. Well, no, no, the, LeBron and AD aren't playing like, like, like AD is a forward of some type. He's a forward of some type. I don't know what sure. he is. He's okay. Blake Griffin's not that. No. Jokic no. is the only big that's playing in the post and on the perimeter, and we're running everything through him. Yep. Joel Embiid gets his touches, but he's more or less, you know, no, you they're not running everything. They're not running. Get, yeah, they're not running yeah. everything. So yep. when we say a good passer now, we got to define what is a good passer in today's game because we're playing a different game. We have to define what is a big today because it's a different game. Now we're looking at stretch four, stretch fives. AD is unique. Why? Because AD can defend all of these stretch fours. He can defend the stretch fives and he can rim protect and he can match up at certain points versus Joel Embiid versus Jokic. I don't know another player that can do that. Great point. Okay. So Great when point. we start saying this guy is good, okay, I don't know what that means now because, again, is it the style? Are we just looking at the stats? Or are we looking at the substance? Because the substance is, you know, what's your effect? What is your true effectiveness or contributions to winning? 
That's what we're looking at right now. Now, Blake. If I put Blake on, let's say, the Lakers right now. All right. Are you going to take away minutes from Montrez? Nope. Are you going to take away minutes from, you know, what's the kid? Marc Gasol? Nope. Are you going to tell me that you're going to – you're not going to do that. Are you going to start playing through Blake Griffin? No. Nope. LeBron is going to have the ball 95% of the time. Facts. So now when you start talking about playing winning basketball, that's a different brand of basketball than you got four or five assists over here or whatever it is. We have to really break it down, break it down for the people so that we can stop saying we're going to take this stat and just move it over to this team. No, it's not happening. It's, it's not going to happen. LeBron James is going to have the ball in his hand, the predominant. He's going to be the, the most dominant player on that team. Yeah. That's just it's what show. it is. That's what it yeah. is. Um, good convo there. A uh, former teammate of Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, is in a similar situation with the Cavs, which, of course, uh, Draymond Green, who you know very well, had a lot to say uh, uh, about the other night. Um, Drummond, from an on-court perspective, BJ, we, we know the game. We know the era we're in. We know um, what teams are out there that, um, do and don't need front court additions. So just sticking between the lines, is there a team out there who is competing for either, you know, the bottom of the playoffs or in the middle of the pack that you think could use a guy like Andre Drummond? <clears throat> well, I'm just going to look at the, the I'm, elite I'm at you, I'm that position. Putting you, I'm putting you at the spot. I'm putting yeah, you, you put spot. me at the spot, but it's not really the spot because the game – has dick is dictating on how we play and yep. what are the needs of those players. Okay. There are two players right now at that position who are the elite players at their position. One Joel and the Joker. Okay. And Joel MB being the second. Now there's a third player who's making a significant contribution. His name is Rudy Gobert because of his ability to rim protect. Okay. Outside of those three, we're going small or we're looking is, for elite is, rim protection. Athletes yep. who can protect the rim, who can play vertical basketball, catch alley-oops, so forth. Mm -hmm. And then there are some variations of it. They'll say Milwaukee went to a stretch five. With Brooke Lopez, okay? He's probably the only one that's really doing that as a seven-footer, okay? And I'd say Vucevic as well, who's playing very good Vucevic basketball Vucevic is, is, is interesting because he, he, you know, he's a pick-and-pop type guy. He just kind of, you know, he's he's somewhere in that, in there, you know, in, in the discussion. Now, so those three players, we have an elite rim protector in Rudy Gobert, and then we have two very unique players at the five position. Joel Embiid, who perhaps is the most dominant offensive player from the post. Okay. And then we have the Joker, who is just, I mean, we've 
I would argue we've never seen really a player like him in the NBA, especially, no. uh, you know, Bill Walton could pass, but I don't know if Bill Walton could pass on the move like this guy. I mean, this guy's passing like, like nothing I've ever seen as a five man. I mean, he's an elite player, left hand, right hand, bounce pass, whatever lobs. He could just do it all. So now I begin to say, okay, so where did, where, where do we fit in? Where are we going to fit into this? Because all of those players are going to have to do the following if we talk about winning. Defend. Everyone says the game has changed. That may or may not be true. But every time I watch the game in the playoffs, it resembles the same game that I've watched my entire life. Someone's got to defend. Someone's going to have to secure that ball after that great defensive possession. And everyone's got to figure out how to share that ball with one another. Okay? Andre Drummond has put up phenomenal individual numbers. Can't argue that. Look at his numbers. I mean, that guy had a 20, I think he had a 2020 game this year. Okay. Can't argue that. But now when we talk about going to an, an elite team to play a role. Okay. Is he Rudy Gobert? Is he Joel Embiid? Is he the Joker? Okay, I leave it there. Now, I get the numbers, I get the stats, I get everything that you're looking at. I'm not saying he can't evolve and, and make a contribution to those players, but he hasn't done that yet. The game now resembles a game where they're going to go small. Anthony Davis is an anomaly because he is the only player that I know that can do the following. He can guard those guys that we talked about, Joel Embiid and the Joker, and he also can guard Jimmy Butler. Think about what I just said. Yep. He guarded Jimmy Butler in the NBA Finals and won. Those other three guys I just named, Rudy Gobert, Jokic, and Joel Embiid can't do that. So... Do you consider Giannis along the same lines as AD? In Giannis doesn't play the five. Giannis is a Giannis sure, has the but potential. I'm just, but, but I'm just could saying he? Defen defensively. He and could. Then, yeah, he yeah. could. He may evolve into that. He could because he has the size. I mean, he has the length. Yeah, and who knows? Their okay. best lineups to come may come with him at the five. And, and, and the th the interesting thing about about Anthony Davis is he doesn't want to play the five. He doesn't want to bang against those guys, but. That's why I liked the combination last year of J JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. Let those guys do all of the heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. when you put Anthony Davis, who is probably, yeah, no, probably, he's one of the top two or three centers right now in the NBA, but he doesn't play the center position because he's one of the top two or three players at the power four, if not the best player at the power four position. So he's just a very unique player. That's the that's the Lakers' advantage. That's kind of like their that's that, that's their that, that's their cheat code. He is the cheat code in the game because of he can do things that no one else can do. Now, if you're telling me that um, Drummond, I don't know. Maybe maybe he he can show us something we haven't seen. I'm open to that too. I'm open to that. But, but based on just say this, but based on what I've seen, based on how the game is played, 
based on how these coaches are coaching and their willingness to go small, I'm willing to take P.J. Tucker and say, I'm going with that. And I'm willing to play small ball like the Warriors. I'm willing to play small like all of these other teams because, I mean, Jeff Green right now is starting at center for the Brooklyn Nets. So I know that these coaches value three-point shooting. And if you're telling me that that's the answer, I'm willing to roll with it. I just haven't seen it yet because those coaches are always looking for an advantage. And I've only seen three of them that are consistently doing it, who are we know are sinners. And then you have some players like an AD. You have some players like a, a Jokic, potentially. I'm not Jokic, uh, Giannis, potentially. Mm-hmm. Maybe slide over there at some point in his career. So that's what I see. And But I'm open. I'm not this. He is a really, really good individual player who has put up great individual numbers. How that's going to translate in today's game? Okay. Yeah. You know, let's I, I talk mean, basketball. I, I, I think he, you know, he, he. We've seen him try to handle the ball. We've seen him try to develop some perimeter play. I, I think he needs to be a guy similar to uh, Clint Capella, who stars in his role as a rebounder, shot blocker, no, and finisher in the paint. That's Clint that's Capella, where I think. Clint Capella think, is a terrific. That's a terrific example. That, to me, is the new modern era for the center. I think over time, that player will evolve into today's game because you have to be able to put it on the floor. You can see you can see Jokic. You are beginning to see Joel Embiid's impact on the game. But those guys are exceptionally talented players who taken their size and integrated it into today's game because both of them, both of them, okay, in a scouting eye, you look for bigger players who play smaller than they can, and you look for smaller players who play bigger than what they really are. That's an advantage. Both of those guys, Jokic and and Embiid, they both can play smaller than their size. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. at the correct time, they both can play big with their size. Okay, that's, you go, from a scouting perspective, you're going, oh, I got something here. <laughs> Joel Embiid can put that thing on the floor. I, you know, he's, he's got great footwork. He's light on his feet. He's a big man, but he's, he's quick. He's, he got a little shake to his game. He got a little wiggle to his game. Mm-hmm. And Joker, I, I, I mean, I don't even know how you scout him. Okay? I, mean, no, he's, I, 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 can't even, I can't even think of how to describe the English. Right, right. He's, a scouting report would be like, is he fast? No. Is he quick? No. Can he can he jump? No. Is he? He's 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 one third Walton, one third Bird, one third Sabonis. There you go. But, <laughs> there he is. But he can do Ar- all of the Arvidas. Yes, for those at home, yes. Arvidas. So even though Demontis but, had a triple double on Wednesday and looks terrific. Um, I, I I love I love where you took the convo, and it's you know you look at a team like Dallas who can't seem to figure out where Porzingis fits best. Because, yeah, for stretches, mm-hmm. you can put him at small ball five, but I don't think he can live at small ball five. And he's probably at, its be- at his best when he has a big presence next to him at the five, and he can um, 
concentrate on, um, well, you know, being a scorer and, and playing inside and out. Yeah, so. I, lo- I look at him, and I, I love to play couch GM. I love to sit there and go, okay, wh- what do you do? What what does this guy do? Well, Porzingis is a, is a fascinating player because he, he can put up great individual numbers. One, because he's a... He's a really good offensive player, right? He could, you know, he's like 7'3", so he always has, you know, I say a, a, a complete view at the basket. You know, Kevin Durant, Kevin, someone described me, Kevin Durant, I was talking to a scout about, like, how, what is it what makes Kevin Durant special? He said, I put in my scouting report, he's the only player that I've ever scouted. He's open every time he coaches the ball. I was like, people are guarding. He was like, no. He's playing against people who are 6'5", 6'6", and he can see the basket every single time. He doesn't have to have a move because he never has to worry about anyone blocking his shot. And I began to watch him from that lens, and I said, that's interesting. Because then I started recounting myself. I was like, I never saw the basket, (laughs) right? I drive, (laughs) you know, I, I just knew the basket was somewhere over there. But Kevin Durant, every time he catches the ball, he's open. Yeah. Eyes on Porzingis yep. is the same. Great call. Okay. Great call. He's the same. Yeah. Now, your best player, Luka Doncic, will probably never make the all-defensive team. He probably will never make that. Mm-hmm. I think this yeah. team will be a good team or a consistently good team when the following happens. Luka, what position can you defend the best at? Can you defend the ones and utilize your size? Yeah, we talked about this last do, week. What, do you it, what want is to, he in that realm? Yep. Yeah. Do you want to defend the twos or do you want to defend the threes? Or do I dare say, do you want to defend the fours and start battling those guys down there? Because he has the size. He's stronger than anybody at his position currently now as a point guard. So and he would have and he would have no problem guarding stretch fours, obviously, which right. may work in which may work to their advantage. So if you're asking me. I think he's a three. Hmm. I would have him guard the threes. Why? Because what he does better than anyone else is when he rebounds the ball and pushes it out. That's when he's at his, that's when he's elite, elite. When he dribble. So I don't want him guarding the point guards because it probably will affect his ability to rebound the ball. Most of the twos are athletic, running around, and I don't think, I don't really think he will fit well when he has to chase and do the things that a two does. But if he was a three, I can switch him. He can rebound the ball. And he's kind of like a floating defensive player. Yeah. You know, you know what would be interesting to look at in comparison is to look at, um, and, and we need to pivot to the other side of this convo in a moment. But if there was a way to look at, when Magic Johnson, Byron Scott, and Michael Cooper were on the floor, how they were matching up with, you know, I'm not talking about in the finals against the Celtics or even the Pistons or the Bulls, but I'm talking about, you know, the the flow of the season in the Western Conference. Who's generally guarding the point guard every night there? Is it Byron? Is it Magic? Does it depend on who it is? Is Coop guarding the scorer? Because it's a similar situation because Magic obviously – rebounded the ball at the position and he was starting the fast break the moment the ball touched his hands on the rebound or Kareem or Worthy or whoever else is getting the rebound going to Magic and then they're off and running so that's where it took me back to and I would I would love to 
I'd love to know if there's a tool out there where we can figure out, all right, in 1987 when the Lakers were uh, was one of their best teams and they won the title on any given night, like who's generally guarding the opposing team's one? Uh, I, I, and his I, magic. I, yeah, go ahead. With him, with him, with Luka, I would let him start off guarding the threes, right? I would. I. I, I want. I don't. I don't want him guarding Schroeder and Damian Lillard and Steph Curry and those guys. Right. Let him guard the threes. Like, I, I, let him guard the threes. Okay. Let him guard the threes. All right. Porzingis. I would love for you to be a five, but he doesn't play like a five. No, so, and, and, and the reason I say that is because I learned this very early on. There are tall people, and then there are bigs. He's tall. He's not a big. Joel Embiid and Jokic, they're bigs. And the bigs know the difference between bigs and tall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Porzingis is not a big. He's not if you gave Porzingis, if you if you let Porzingis say, Do I want to throw you down there with all of the bigs and battle and do that? That's not his game. No. He's tall. He's tall. No, he, 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 he he's he's a tall guy. He's he's seven three, but he you know he does a little this, he does a little that. He can play the center position, but he doesn't really want to do it. No, and I don't think it would okay. equal winning. So. so now that leaves me with the following: I'm getting a five who doesn't need the ball, could play vertical basketball, and could rim protect and do all of the dirty work that he's not going to do. But the trick to playing with Porzingis. In my humble opinion, is that five or whatever that other big has to be able to guard the fours because my mm. best defensive player has to guard the other team's best interior player. He has to be able to guard Anthony Davis if need be. He has to be able to guard Giannis if need be. And he has to be able to guard Jokic and Joel Embiid and all the other players. That's the trick with playing with yep. Porzingis. Because Porzingis has to be what he really is. He's a tall athlete. But if I'm going to ask him to grind, to me, that's not what yeah. he does. No. And as far as Drummond goes, he has the athletic capability and the body to do that. It just depends whether he wants to do it. I don't that's know. That's how I see he, it. Well, you're asking that body type to guard Anthony Davis. That's not happening. You're asking that body type to guard Giannis. That's not happening. That's not happening. I mean, it's not, not going to happen. I, I mean, I think he's got a. Sh I think he's got a shot, but and yeah. you're AD, asking, ad's ad's different. Giannis, I'm backing off of him three feet. Shoot it. Okay. Shoot it. That sounds great, Giannis. <laughs> thanks. That sounds great <laughs> in practice. You know, people say that about Giannis. You know, there was a guard that I played against for many years. Actually, my whole career. His name was Rod Strickland. I knew Rod was going to drive. And in the scouting report, back off Rod. Just go to the free throw line. And every time I would play against Rod, he still was going to have 15, 20, 25 points, sometimes 30 points. And I knew he was going to drive. Hmm. I knew he was going to drive. Didn't matter. We need to get him on the show, by the way. Giannis, y'all forget, when y'all can load up against Giannis, but it, it, it takes five people to play against him. Yep. 
when y'all can load up what y'all saw in the playoffs Miami. last year yep. against yep. Miami, everyone's now saying, oh, that's all we got to do. Well, why is he still averaging 20-some points a game shooting 65%? What, the rest of y'all can't do it? Somebody's got to stop. Somebody's got to 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 play in transition. Someone's got to have the foot speed. I saw him the other night shooting threes, playing that. Okay, someone has to do all of the other things other than just say, "Well, I, I'm just going to back up off of it." Like at, I, I remember watching, you know, I. Scotty Pippen, he he didn't come in the league like with a like just range. I remember watching young Jordan. These players are going to figure out how to take up the space. You know, I, I remember when LeBron first came in the league. Yep. Okay. I remember when Kawhi yeah. first came you, in the league. You, you even have to come out on Rondo now a little bit. Rondo <laughs> and all these players. Hey, so remember, Co- some- remember, remember, Kobe would have his heels on the foul line with Rondo and not come out another inch because he would dare him to shoot the ball. These players are going to figure it out. Now we started off our conversation with the evolution of the game. You got to evolve. You better beat Giannis now, because once he does get this whatever whatever it is that everyone keeps saying he needs, whenever he gets it. He's going to terrorize the league. He's already terrorizing the league. You need five guys to play against him right now with no jump shot. No, Nobody in the NBA can stop Giannis one-on-one. And he doesn't even have a jump shot. That's what, that's what, when I look at him, I go, God, this guy doesn't even have a jump shot yet. And I say that with quotes because I don't think you need a jump shot. That's just my personal opinion. Because if you're going to be a champion in this league, here's the championship's mantra. If you don't score... And I don't score. The score is still zero zero. Yep. So why I need a jump shot? If I because every championship team it know this, you got to get a stop. Why I need to shoot a three? If I stop you, why I need to shoot a three? Because I'm going to be playing in transition. I'm going to be playing advantage basketball, four against three, three against two, two against one. And I have enough athletes that should allow me to get to the ball faster than you. So, there's nothing wrong with Giannis. Giannis just has one problem right now. He's just learning how to explore all of the phases of the game as he's seeing these different defenses, right? Yep. You know, like... Yeah, and I think his his supporting cast has improved uh, as to how it suits him and what he needs. They've added more shooting. And they've gotten some... some I would say this. Giannis is going to win when this happens. Whenever this is supposed to happen for him. Here's a little secret for the great players. Don't tell anybody, though. Because I don't like telling... I don't like giving them the secrets away. I like just watching the game like everyone else. The great players all learn how to play from the weak side. The great players all learn how to play on the weak side. Okay? The good players play on the strong side. They get the first touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's <laughs> play good. three. That's good. Play three is going to go to Eric. Eric is going to yeah. get the ball, and everyone knows that's Eric's play. Yeah. 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 The great player, we're going to start on the strong side, 
and get the ball to the weak side where now you're in isolation for about two or three seconds before everybody anybody knows what's going on. That's what all the great players do. Right. So there's a level of patience that's necessary to become a great player. Giannis just hasn't learned it yet. He still is saying, I'm good enough and I'm just going to beat you. But think about this, Eric. LeBron James, all season, led the league in assists, right? Last year, right? He led the league in assists. Okay? When the playoffs started, he was having 30 a game. So what happened? Defense adjusted? What he did did was he changed his game once the playoffs began because the playoffs are a different game. Giannis, okay, you're the regular season MVP. Bravo. Now let's go to the weak side. Let's go to the weak (laughs) side when the playoffs begin because that's where the greatness is at. What's the point of having Tim Duncan if I need him on the strong side? What's the point of having the late Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James? What's the point? Okay. The point is when Kevin Durant learned how to have patience on the weak side, how you going to stop him? Yeah. Ain't no help on the weak. Ain't no stop. See, Eric Newman can stand in front of a great player on the strong side because that's where all the help is at. But if I put him on the weak side. Yeah, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I'm not going to have that baseline help. Giannis, and I hope you're listening. Just have the patience to go learn how to play on the weak side. There's a whole other game going over there because that's where Larry Bird played. That's where Magic Johnson played. That's where Kareem played. That's where all of the great ones play. Not on the strong side. The strong side is where the good players play. The weak side is where when the ball comes, now it's one-on-one. And I ain't seen nobody in the NBA stop Giannis yet. Good stuff. Uh, I need a reaction from you. 30 seconds. What did you think uh, of what Draymond had to say about the double standard in the league regarding what's going on? I'm just curious because you know him. And um, you know, and and you know the league. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this. For better or for worse, I've been on all the sides, right? For yep. better or for worse. And sometimes, when you are in a leadership position, you will understand the following. Sometimes there are no answers to problems. Okay. Yeah, I think anyone in a leadership position will understand that statement. Sometimes there are no answers to a problem. It's not clear cut. But I will, it's easy for me to say what a problem is and not offer a solution. So here's the solution to what I see in the NBA. Everyone, the owners, the players, the executives, the league need to take ownership of what's going on in this league. Because the only thing that creates a win-win in this league is the following. Everyone has to perform. And when there are distractions in the league, a distraction would be we are we 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 are um, we're tanking. We are 
we're, we're sitting we're this trading, player until we we're trade trading. Him. No, 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 no. Yeah. We're trading for assets. Okay. 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 No. Sitting players can't occur if performance is at the forefront. What made this league great is performance. What we talk about every week, who's the best? Who's the great? Who's the GOAT? Who's the who, who's the best team? What does this team need for a trade? As long as performance is at the forefront of every decision that we do and we hold ourselves accountable for the performance, all of these other things don't really matter. Okay? doesn't really matter. Now, when I came into this league, I saw things then that I can't, I don't see now, such as I saw all-star players sitting on the bench when I came into the league. There were players like Detlef Shrimp. There were players like mm. Reggie Miller. There were players that were all, like, like my, I take myself. I, I came off the bench earlier in my career. Scottie Pippen, a Hall of Famer, was sitting on the bench. He played behind someone, okay? Charles Barkley, you know, when he came in the league, you know, there was Dr. J, there was Moses there. And, okay. There were Hall of Fame players. Reggie Lewis. Reggie Lewis. Draws okay. and Petrovic. Now, now, let's look at the league now. Let's look at this league now. How many all-star players are sitting on the bench right now? Probably zero. Okay. So the league is in a, isn't in a healthy state because the best teacher of the game is the bench. Mm-hmm. I, haven't the best teacher, I haven't used that one in a long the time. The best teacher of the game <laughs> is the bench. So now, the best players are all playing. And they oh, know man. what I know. And what, what is it they know? What's this guy going to do? Sit me. And if he sits and I don't win, then it looks crazy. Right. Right, right. If BJ right, right. if, if if BJ if, if if John Paxson didn't play well that night, BJ Armstrong would come in, still win the game. Say the if, line again. Say the if, line again. The best teacher of the game is the bench. Love it. Love it. Okay. Oh, so man. now if Player X didn't play well. If, if Randy Whitman didn't play well in Indiana, Reggie Miller was sitting there ready to go. That's the difference. So now we are talking about things. We're saying, well, this guy's averaging such and such numbers. Well, of, of course. Now we're going to say that. Now, because there aren't any players on the bench that's going to allow you to teach. That's what's wrong with the game. Because the game now is about, you know, every, every everybody now is, is, you know, trying to, you know, get these players to, you know, we're, 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 everyone's working out before the game. Everyone now is, you know, getting better, improving their game. They're doing all of these things. But where's the performance? When do we say, what do we come here to do? So as long as performance is not at the forefront, this is what you're going to have. Now I'm talking about all of the distractions. 
Yep. Full okay. circle. Yep. Now, yep. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. You see, there, there used to be the late Anthony Mason was sitting. If, if Charles Oakley and those guys and Xavier McDaniel, Mason, and those Mason guys, and Stark sitting and John, waiting on the bench. Think about that. John Starks was sitting on the bench. Guy was an all-star. That's the problem now, Eric, with the NBA is now in that era, in that time, what made the NBA great is because you knew every single night that every team that played was trying to win that game at all costs. Mm -hmm. Now mm -hmm. we are in this stage of development. Here, that's the what's if you want this to if you want this to correct itself, it's easy. Let's stop acting like this is like something new or this is some like, oh man. No, let's let's all take ownership of it, right? Because now we have 30 teams and people are keeping 17 players and and two-way contracts and 10-day contract. No, let's just cut the teams down to 11, 12 players. <laughs> yeah. Hey. So I was that, pro uh, years ago. So I was pro contraction. If you like, really want this down to twenty four teams, if you really yeah, yeah, want yeah. this team, to, if you really want this league to be healthy, and stop all of this load management and all of the things that you're seeing, let's cut it down to about twenty four to twenty six teams. And I guarantee you, all of these things that we're talking about now, oh, that guy don't want to play. There'll be an all star sitting on somebody's bench. The Wally Pip story will be a great story. Now, what's the story? What's the story? The, 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 these coaches can't coach. The coaches can't teach. They can't teach. The coaches can't do their job. Why? How are they going to teach them? He doesn't have anybody to replace. So the significance or the drop off from the starters to the bench guys is too big now. It's too big of a gap. Close the gap. Great Close point. the gap, and all of this, all of these distractions. I just call them distractions. All of, all of this. Mm -hmm. I've been on all of them side. I've been on all of those conversations. I don't heard every excuse. I heard every excuse. I don't want to hear the excuses no more. I'm the old guy now. Get rid of some of those teams. Cut the rosters down. And then let's start putting some all-stars on that bench. So now everybody got to perform. So now instead of having four or five realistic teams who realistically can win, you know, instead of now we got the Lakers. You got 10. You got 10 teams. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now. <laughs> now. Yeah. Let, let, let's let, let's you know because watching the Detroit Pistons last night you know what you know the, the astounding thing for me was I saw two guys who both were sitting on the bench a couple of years ago Zach Levine Jeremy Grant and Jeremy Grant and both of them had one of them had like 43 yeah now yeah. imagine if those guys were playing on a team Imagine if those guys were playing on the Clippers or playing on the Brooklyn Nets. 
Zach Levine is James Harden's backup. That puts a different amount of stress <laughs> on the players. Yep. yep. You, you follow what I'm saying here? I follow. Under, okay. So now all of these things that we're talking about don't really matter. It don't really matter because when you win and you find out you're expendable, you got to make a decision. Changes the outlook. Yeah. Changes the outlook for changes the outlook for everybody. For everybody. For the coaches, for the players, how you draft, how you going to conduct your business, but most important, it puts the emphasis on the only thing that matters so that we all win. You got to win that game. Yep. That's that's my solution to it. Now, will they do that? Absolutely not. No. But if you want to, if you want the, if you want to correct yourself, <laughs> hey, 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 Eric, you want to? My greatest lessons. Everybody say, oh, what did you learn from Phil Jackson? Well, what did you learn from this guy? You know what I learned from Eric? When I had to come sit on that bench because I had an appetite no. to want to be out there on that court. And every time he brought me on the bench, Eric, he didn't bring me on the bench because I needed to get a rest. He brought me out because I did something wrong. I'm, 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 having, I'm having some really uncomfortable sophomore year varsity flashbacks right now. Yeah, it's, it's okay. So I'm sorry yeah. to go for that. that no, it's great. It was great. It's a great combo. We, we got one more thing to finish off with, yeah. which has a lot to do with winning, and that's the Anthony Davis uh Achilles situation. So he's going to be out yeah. at least through All-Star. And, you know, with we, we've talked a lot about the window the Lakers have with him and LeBron and obviously adding Schroeder and Trez uh, has strengthened this team and put them in prime position to not just repeat, but as long as uh, health cooperates, they're, they're in this conversation now for as long as LeBron James wants to stay at that LeBron James level and as long as Father Time cooperates – so if you're the Lakers right now, and I'm, I'm putting you in the GM position, do you have to seriously consider making an insurance policy move right now leading up to this deadline to make sure just in case AD's not right for the playoffs, you've still got a chance to come out of this West and defend, the t and defend your title? Well, uh, you know, I, I've said this before. I, I like the, the combination that they had and no disrespect to you know the players that they brought over in the in the summer, and I and I understand why they brought those players over. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're but going I, back I, to the Dwight and Javel yeah, uh, at I the like five. The, I like I like the I like the combination. Why? It's because of the way the game is played today. Yep. Right. The game is played with pace and space. The game is played. At the very least, you want your bigs to be able to play. The vertical game right guy drives to the basket i want to be able to throw it up so that way there can be no rotation from a little guy okay i want to have athletic people who can play against the other bigs not tall people the other bigs in the mm -hmm. league so mm -hmm. that i can allow my cheat code which is anthony davis <laughs> to slide over there at strategic times yep. i need him to play that position for 20 minutes in the playoffs, so be it. I need him to – now I have all the teams in the league afraid to do the one thing they all want to do anyway, play small ball, because he's the best 
small ball center in the entire NBA. And by the way, he might be the best big center in the NBA. That to me is in a huge advantage. So that's what I like because that's how the game is played. Now, I think now he has to play that center position a little bit too much in the regular because he's not a he he's not a big body. You know what I mean? He's not a big body. No, and he and he's not going to go down to that block and demand it every possession. Okay, even though he so could. now when you have the matchups that you're going to potentially see, so the matchups become Dwight Howard, Javale McGee versus Jokic. Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee versus Joel Embiid. Now you have to play a substantial amount of time. Yep. With well, with the with the bigs that they have, Montrez, who is a small. I mean, he's he's basically a a smaller center. Okay. Yep. He plays and that more, center and, position. And and Mark. And Mar- okay. And and and, Mar- Gasol, and and Gasol. And you Gasol. Now, with Gasol in today's game. Does he shoot the three? Yeah, he shoots the three a little bit. Pass it, do all those things. But again, you talk about pace and space. Okay, and then you talk about that one key element that's essential is that vertical basketball that's necessary when Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee and these guys are able to do those things. So again, I think at some point that will be necessary to win. Now. Can Dwight can 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 Anthony Davis do it? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. But I think for his body and his body type, he has shown that he, you know, he breaks down a little bit because of the physicality. Because he's not a big. I mean, he's tall, but he's not like big. You know what I mean? Like that's that's a lot of the, playing against those guys is a takes a lot from him because of his body type. So. I think it's 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 a it's a delicate balance that they have to have. I always like athletic bigs. That's that's just that's just me and what I see for the game, right? And and you at some point you're going to need those body types because you can't have too many of those seven footers who can run and jump and dunk and block shots and play that that game, you know. Um, no, no, it makes perfect sense. And Marcus yeah, so I, but again, is, we'll see how it takes out. And, and look, yeah. we've been talking about Anthony Davis, but here's another thing you got to take into account: LeBron James can play the one, two, the three, and the four. LeBron James can easily go over to the four position, and now that creates a different problem for the opposing team. Sure, he sure. can play the one that opposes. He's already playing the three. He can, he can do so. They have options there in L.A. They have options. And it all starts with 23 because 23, you know, he's he's a unique player himself. He's a very unique talent. And, you know, but but again, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, but you can see when you ha- sustain an injury to Anthony Davis, you really begin to see the other components or other things that's – could potentially be missing for this team as they are looking to make a deep playoff run. Time will tell. It'll be very interesting to see what they decide to do and, of course, what happens with AD's health. Um, 
great show today. You came in uh, off that front porch with a lot of fire. So this was yeah, uh, just this sitting was up a lot there, of fun. You know, I'm just, I'm just sitting you up know? there. I just watch. You know, I watch. Yep. I try to stay in between the lines. <laughs> I try to have some substance. You are caught up in you style, are you know? But you're looking very stylish right now. You, yeah, got your, you got your beanie hat on. You got It's your, 17 degrees out, man, and I feel the wind through the window. Don't yeah, start. But Don't out start. here in L.A., I see a lot of people wearing Uggs and things, and I'm like, where's the snow? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to make fun of them with you together, my man. Uh, great show today. Special thanks, as always, to the team, Bruce Bernstein, Mike Lieber, Johnny L behind the scenes helping us produce the show. Editor Kristen Woolley, the entire Pure Hoops Media family. Be sure to check out the Mike Wise Show, dropping each and every Monday. Full court with Fisher and Kay talking college hoops Tuesday. Wednesday, Catch and Shoot 2.0, Aaron Berlin and Otto Strong. Thursdays, Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with the one and only Monica McNutt and King McClure. And uh, Fridays, Pure Hoops Podcast. BJ Armstrong, yours truly, Eric Newman. Stay healthy, stay safe. Uh, for those of you listening, you are battering, uh, battling excuse me, the elements of winter. Um, we're thinking about you. Stay safe, stay warm, and uh, stay pure. Have a great weekend. The Pure Hoops Podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.